moment, just feel this moment that this is what we're created for. We're, we're created to worship Him. Just sent about you. I felt this shift a few minutes ago in the song. It's just we're made to love Him. We worship him. He gets us above the stuff that trips us up. He gets us above the struggles. It gets us above the difficulties. And we just say, Lord, I fix my eyes on you and I can't understand my moment and my situation. I'm just created to worship him. And Lord, we honor you as the one that only, the only one that deserves all of our affection. God, we honor you as a people. Just say, you're the only one that deserves all of our attention all of our affection, all of our care. Lord, you're the only one in on this earth and in heaven above. Lord, you're the only one throughout all eternity to say we, we give you, we choose and willfully give you our affections and our trust, oh God, because you're so worthy of it. You're so good, Lord. We thank you that you're meeting with us, Lord, and we just give you permission as the night goes on. We give you permission, Jesus, to do whatever you want to do beyond what we want, Lord, we would trust you to lead us. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Hey, can y'all hit the lights over there and over there? Give me some lights. Oh, look at that. I just like ripped the top off. Jenny, did you see that? It was my strength. Okay. <laughs> just trying to impress Jenny. After almost 20 years of marriage, I still want to impress her. How do you make this thing go up? Hey, look at that. Thank you. True to the rescue. Thank you. Um, such a good evening so far, huh? So good. Hey, if I haven't uh, had a chance to meet you, my name is Scott Robinson. This is Jenny. And we're the Young Adults Pastors here at Antioch, and we're thrilled you're here with us. Uh, really, really excited um, to be with us and to just jump into what God's doing. That's really, this is all about his story, not our own. <laughs> um, he's got a narrative that he is weaving throughout history, and he's looking for hearts that are hungry and in love. And that's who we are. Um, so we're, we're thrilled you're here. Um, hey, you might have noticed we're working on uh, making some, a few adjustments to abide. Uh, so actually, let me pause for a minute. If you're a life group leader, can you raise your hand? Yeah. Come on, Chris. Get it high, Chris. Okay. Yeah, so I want to officially declare the month of April to be Life Group Leader Appreciation Month. Yeah. Okay? So, and there's a few that aren't here because they're out of town or stuff, but they serve you guys. They serve those that aren't in this room, faithfully, week after week, preparing, praying, loving. And uh, so, so please give them like a crumble cookie this month. Give them a high five. Give them a note saying how much you are thankful for them, what God's doing in your life because of them. Just show a little love would be great. So, um, so twice a year, we get together with life group leaders, and we do a little bit of equipping, like half a day. And so that was two weeks ago. And um, at the end of our time, uh, it was rich, uh, really. It was so good, just what God was doing. But at the end of the time, we had, some, we had lunch, and we sat by a lake near our house. And one of the questions we said was, hey, how are we, how's the bite going? What can we adjust? How can we tweak it? And one of the things that we took from that is just, hey, we're all giving up our Friday evenings once a month. 
to come for fellowship, like to get to know people and be known and come to meet with Jesus. And so we're just trying to tighten that up a little bit, okay? So we are officially starting at 7, 10. <laughs> so at 7, you can come through those doors and grab a beverage, say hi to your friends, because I guarantee it's going to take about 10 minutes to get to these chairs. So we really are trying to start at 7.10, and a little bit of welcome, some information, that kind of stuff, and then we're going to dive into worship. Um, we want to create space. One of the things that God's been speaking lately is just give me more space because I want to show off in front of my people. So I'm trying to create space for him, okay? That's just our opportunity to just say, Lord, we position ourselves to receive from you, Okay? So I'm hoping we're going to end around a little bit later. <laughs> Enough time to have some time at the back end to really just let's worship, let's lean in, let's see what God's saying, and hopefully my longing, my desire is that he actually, uh, we all have encounters, we all meet with him. Whether it's a significant transformative way, whether it's like, oh, I just felt him near, I needed that today. Okay? I think we're all probably here with different places. We're like, we're tired, or we need breakthrough, we need help, and he's here with us. So that's, we're going to have a little tweak there. Um, another one that, that might be worth just noting is um, we have thus far been called the young adults. And so that, that hits, like, our community is anywhere from, like, just graduated college up to, like, mid-30s-ish. And that's a wide range um, of life experience, of age. And so we have, Jenny and I have just for months now just said, Lord, is that the, the are, are communities changing and maturing? Is there anything you want to change as well? And so kind of bringing our life group leaders in and our leadership team and then the people, kind of the, the church leaders, our pastors, just say, hey, what? we just want to ask the Lord about this change. And so we're going to make a slight tweak. We're going to be now the young adults in career, which is minor. But it, I, I want I know. I know. <laughs> because what, some of you that might have just graduated last few years feel like a young adult. And career's like, uh, that's that, those shoes don't fit quite yet. And some of you are like in your 30s and going, I think I was young and I still feel kind of young, but I'm not young adultish anymore. And so this is like a slight change that hopefully kind of broadens the net of just who we are and expresses who we are. And your coworkers, your neighbors, your friends, that this is a place for them to say, hey, I want to dive in with this group. Because we were actually, Jenny and I were up here earlier, and there's some guy how old was he? Maybe late, mid-late 20s. He's like cleaning the windows. And he came in and we shook his hand, introduced ourselves and said, have you found a church home? And, um, and we talked for a few minutes. And I said, and, and I, said um, I just said, there's a, there's a Friday nights once a month. There's a group of young adults in this kind of age range for meeting to worship Jesus. And it kind of was like, oh, I didn't realize there's that many people. <laughs> and we're meeting a few other people recently that just didn't realize that God's doing something here among our demographic. And so, slight change. So next month, hopefully, so Christian and I have been talking and praying and tweaking the uh, logo. So we're going to have a new logo that better kind of represents who we are and what God's saying. And hopefully, um, next month, we're gonna, so we'll be able to show that next month. And as well, we're hoping to have um, a little merch pack. A little, so, we're, so, so on one end, am I right with the timing, Christian? Help me out. What? Yes. Okay. It's a yes. Um, I think this is what we talked about. But so next month in the, the Biden May, we'll, we'll kind of show that. And then as well, we're, what we want to do is we have a shirt and we'll have maybe a couple other things that just kind of represent who we are. Maybe keychain or something. I don't know. But a few things like that, that we can pay for and, and then order. And so it'd be picked up in June. Okay. So more to come. It's going to be awesome because Christian's involved. It's going to be awesome. So, um, all right.
Hey, I, um, I, um, last month when during Bide, actually, I was right back here and worshiping Jesus and just enjoying him. And I felt like he whispered inside, next month, talk about eternity. And then I saw kind of in my mind's eye, um, in light of eternity, dot, dot, dot. And so for the last month, I've been just kind of holding on to this. And so we're going to dive into what is eternity, okay? And how do we live in light of eternity? So here's, we're going to do a little exercise. Grab your phone, if you have a smartphone. I know some people might not. What I want you to do for the next two minutes is to find a picture that represents what eternity is to you. Find a picture on your phone. Make it big so everyone can see it. Think. Oh, no, like Google search. Or if you, if you have a picture in your photos, that would be amazing. <laughs> but just a picture that you think, oh, this makes me think of what eternity is. Okay? I wish I could have, like, a little music going right now. No, picture, like, Google search. However you want to do it. Something that, rep- that you're like, this makes me think of eternity. What? Cologne. <laughs> it works. Whatever. I mean, you know, a little shallow, but we're good. Keep going, Nathan. It's great. Hey, you could like egg fragrance of life, or you could preach that. That would be good, you know, maybe. I should have worn that tonight. That would be amazing. All right, one more minute. A picture that represents like what you think of as eternity. And just a hint, there's not like a right and wrong answer necessarily. Necessarily. We will be grading you on this. Just kidding. Um, Okay. 30 seconds. Eternity. Is everyone participating? Okay. 20 seconds. The pressure's on. If you found your picture, make it big on your phone because we want to see it. 10 seconds. 9, 8, 7, 6. The pressure. 5, 4, Three, two, one. Okay, hold up your picture. Look around and see. Look around at whether people said it, what eternity, what picture represents eternity. Jesus, that's good. Look at the pictures around you. Okay. Are y'all both, are y'all both intentionally white? Okay. Great, that's awesome. Okay, white, there's like three whites. Okay, so hey, I see stars, I see beautiful landscape, okay, what is this one? What is it? A rope? Okay, I like it, okay, eternity, what is that one? Uh, okay, forever, forever, okay, great. Hey, so, so three of you, did anyone else choose like a white screen? Who else chose a white screen? Hold your white screen up. If it's just white, Marin, you had a white screen? Did y'all cheat? Because y'all are sitting together. No? Okay, why did you choose white, you three? Marin, you first. Why did you choose white? Um, I feel like white just represents like completely pure without blemish. Okay, great. Okay, what do you think? Why, the same reason? Okay, that's great. Nathan, why did you choose white? Boundless, okay, okay, great. 
Um, so it's funny when you look around at other people's pictures, I had the privilege of seeing everyone's. It's such a wide variety. It's fascinating to me. And I would like to submit that we actually, as like humans, probably don't think about eternity near enough. Okay? There's two reasons from my perspective. One is it's just we can't control it, right? As humans, we're like, if we can control something, then life's good. When life feels out of control, we feel insecure, we feel undone. You guys know what I'm talking about? So when we think about eternity, it's like, I can't grasp that. It's white, it's endless, it's the rope, it's, I can't figure it out. So I won't think about eternity because I can't control it. And I'd like to suggest that life is actually, actually need, we need to be able to grapple with eternity more. Okay, here's what I wrote down. Life is temporal, um, beyond is mysterious and out of our control. We don't want to consider eternity because we can't control it. And even deeper than that, it causes us to have to ask the question, do my choices now matter then? It calls us to a place of accountability in a sense. Now, does my life matter for eternity? Do my choices matter for an eternity? Okay, not a question of salvation and not. I mean, it's, it's like, do we say yes to Jesus? Yes, that's a different eternity landing point, but... I think we can't grasp it because it can be scary to us or un, un, uncontrollable to us. Okay? But there's a guy in history that I wanted to tell you about real quick. Have, has anyone ever heard of Arthur Stace from Australia? Ever heard of this guy? Okay, so Arthur, he was born in 1885. And by the age of 15, he, uh, he was... Um, he was like in orphanages, that kind of thing. He had no parents. We're not sure what happened to his parents. Um, Arthur, by the age of 15, was, was an alcoholic, was stealing on the streets, and was thrown in jail. And Arthur was uneducated, so he couldn't write and read well. He gets out of jail, and Arthur goes in. He does various kind of jobs to kind of figure out and get his life straight. He finally joins the army, and this is on Australia. And he joins the army, and then he was discharged because of some health issue. And so the first half of Arthur's life is a disaster. He, he, he's, he's a convict. He's homeless. He's parentless. He has so much shame. He was discharged. There's physical stuff going on. This is Arthur's life. And then one day, Arthur Stace goes to church. And in that church in Australia, in Sydney, Australia, the pastor's talking, and the one thing he remembers is the, the pastor said something about eternity. And it made him go, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what eternity means. And that day, at age 45, Arthur gave his life to Jesus. So Arthur walked out of there a transformed man. He had his history, but Jesus rewrote his history in that moment because of the cross. The next two years, Arthur's, this thought of identity keeps wrestling through his brain. He's trying to grab a hold of it. This is Arthur, smiling, handsome young man, or older man. Um, <laughs> um, and um, so there, this is Arthur. And so he, he gives his life to Jesus, age 45. So the next two years, he's wrestling with this kind of this ide the idea of eternities. He's going through his head. He goes back, you know, he's connected to a church and all. He goes back to church two years later. And this pastor, whoever it was, was talking. And he mentioned eternity again. And he goes, something gripped me about that word. Let me tell you what he wrote after this, this one night. He said, eternity went ringing through my brain. And suddenly I began to cry. And felt a powerful call from the Lord to just write the word eternity. So Arthur 
decided to get a piece of cheese, like, what can I do? I need people to understand what eternity is about and at least to wrestle with what is eternity. This life so temporal. And so Arthur decides to get a piece of chalk, and he's like, what I can do is I can go write the word eternity around. The problem is Arthur can't write. Okay? Um, so Arthur decides to, this is what it's so for several mornings a week for the next 35 years, seven mornings a week, 35 years, wakes up at 4 a.m. And Arthur would go around the streets with his piece of chalk around Sydney and Melbourne and a couple other cities, and he'd write the word eternity. He'd write it on doorposts, he'd write it on sidewalks, he'd write it um, in subway stations. And this is what he wrote. So Arthur couldn't, he, he couldn't read and write. He could barely write his name. But when he wrote the word eternity, this is this beautiful script that came out. He didn't practice this. This is how he, every time he wrote eternity on the ground, this is how it looked. Incredible. 35 years, 4 a.m., Arthur says, people have to think about eternity. So Arthur passes away. And um, does anyone remember uh, Turn of the Millennium? 1999 to 2000, okay, Y2K, yeah, that, we were weird in Y2K, by the way, I don't know if you, anyways, we were weird, we were with friends, we were like the new year, and we walked outside, it like turned, turned to like midnight, 1201, we went outside, like, are all the street lights dead, you know, we had people hoarding food, and Y2K was weird, back to the story, sorry, um, so come to the turn of the century, Arthur's choice to chalk the word eternity in a couple of cities in Melbourne, just as a place of worship. He's like, this is what I can do. Now, because so impacted the culture that Sydney, can you put the next picture up? Sydney, Australia, this is their bridge, their main bridge. And they have his, that word written in his script on front of that bridge. So I still remember that day when, I think, isn't Sydney the first one to kind of turn to midnight? Sure. One of the first-ish. So I remember... <laughs> Just need that affirmation. So, um, so, Arthur, so I remember watching the kind of like the ball's going to drop in New York stuff. And I remember this was Sydney was one of the first ones. And I remember going, why is the word eternity on there? And I started reading about this guy's life. And I realized this man got eternity in his eyes. And he said, I can't keep it for myself. I have to help others know. And years, years later, he so impacted a culture that this marks who those people are. So this was for the, the turn of the millennium, and they hosted the Olympics that year. And guess what word marked their culture in, in the Olympics? Eternity, written in his script. Isn't that wild? So um, I mentioned that as an example of one man who, his history is not our history, but one man that said, I met Jesus. And this concept, this idea of eternity is so grappled, got, got a hold of my heart, I have to tell people. And so that's one reason I want to lay this out tonight. I know this is a massive, endless, if you could have an eternity joke, like it's endless. It's a massive quantity of information. So we're not going to dig in deep, but we're going we're gonna to touch the surface. And my hope is that we leave tonight and we start thinking like Arthur. Just go, what is, what is this eternity about? I hope what we find is light, that we have more of a sober realization that life is temporal. And if we live life trying to please ourselves and try to make the right fit for me and the right space for me and kind of move away from pain, then my guess is that we need a better 
vision of what eternity looks like. And when we do, things change inside of us. And like Arthur, we start going, someone else has to hear this too. Okay. Um, so we're going to, um, oh, they actually, they called Arthur. So, oh, this is something I didn't mention. This is fascinating. 35 years he did this, right? No one knew till the end of his life that he was the guy. But whenever eternity showed up in cities written on the ground, the newspapers would say, Mr. Eternity showed up. We don't know who it is. Arthur met Jesus, the thought of eternity captured him. He had to give it away. And he's like, I don't want people to know who I am. I want them to know who the God of eternity is. He actually wanted to not be known, which I think is an incredible example of humility. Okay. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to, I got three sets of scripture here. And we got three groups. Look at this. This is amazing. Um, so what I want us to do in these groups is I want to give us a couple different verses each group, but I want you, you can get to small groups, I want you to read it together, and I want to look at, once you dig in and go, what does this teach us about eternity? Now, little hint, the word eternity may not be in these words, but inside the scripture, there's truth about what eternity is, okay? So, trying to change it up a little bit, we're going to let the word of God stand by itself, we're going to let the Holy Spirit teach us for a moment, we're going to, then we're going to talk about what we're learning from those, okay? Hey, is anyone a teacher in here, by the way? Oh, Okay. So if you're a teacher, you're comfortable standing in front of people, comfortable writing with good handwriting, and you spell things correctly. <laughs> Would you like to be your teacher tonight? Just to write, we're going to get a whiteboard and put it here. Can you just like write stuff for us? You're not obligated if you don't want to. Yeah, for that? Or should we punt? Someone else can do it. Okay, great. Okay, so just a minute. Okay, so this group... This group, you guys ready? You're going to look at John 17, 1 through 5. You can look at it by yourself. You can look at it with a couple people around you. But we're just going, what does this teach us about eternity? Okay? John 17, 1 through 5. This group, Ecclesiastes 3, 10 through 14. Yes! Did you say yes to Ecclesiastes? Are you, are you in Zach and Sarah's life group? Because Zach loves Ecclesiastes. He does. Um, Ecclesiastes 3, 10 through 14. Okay? 3, 10 through 14. All right. Isaiah 57, 14 and 15. Isaiah 57, 14 and 15. Okay, going to give you just a couple minutes. You'd probably be a little richer experience if you lean to your neighbor and read it together and then just say, what are you learning? Okay? Just grab a couple minutes. What are we learning? I have seen the tax in my 
Okay, two minutes. Two minutes. that loud in a minute? That these oh, verses in a minute. Oh, I, you pointed away quickly. You were, <laughs> I thought you Oh, you read that. Okay, you get a chance. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, you guys ready? All right, one minute. Okay. You ready? You get choices of colors. All right. Okay, here we go. You guys ready? So they're going to read the verse to us. And then I would love for you guys to just to share kind of bullet point thoughts of, hey, what does this teach us about eternity? Okay? Ready to go. Oh, you got turned on. Or you just want to yell? You want to... I mean, I totally can. Get it. Whatever you want. Check microphone. Check one, two, three. Drop it. Wait. No, no, is it no. good? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh my God. That was a joke. That was <laughs> Anyways, this is what Jesus prayed as he looked up into heaven. Father, the time has come. Unveil the glorious splendor of your son so that I will magnify your glory. You have already given me authority over all people so that I may give the gift of eternal life to all those that you have given to me. Eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and to know and experience Jesus Christ as the son whom you have sent. I have glorified you on earth by faithfully doing everything you've told me to do. So my father, restore me back to the glory that we shared together when we were face to face before the universe was created. And this is the Passion Translation. It's good. Yeah. Rich. Okay. All right. Come on, group. What did you learn about eternity there? Got to be bold. <laughs> you got Testing. There we go. Um, 
I think the word intimacy comes to mind for me because okay. in verse three, it say eternal life means to know and experience you as the only true God and mm. to know and experience Jesus Christ as the, the son whom you have sent. So I think of just intimacy, no like experience. with the father and to know him, which is like intimacy. Good. Awesome. That's awesome. I just think about how it's not a period of time, like in an, an eternal amount of time, it's actually knowing God, like it's the person of, mm-hmm. of God and also Jesus, you know, Come he's on. talking in the third person. This is eternal life. You may know, they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So it's it's not just, uh, hey, we'll be in this place uh, for an unlimited amount of time. Um, it's it's more rich, uh, potentially. Like, we don't know what eternally is going to feel like. You know, we hear about dimensions and this and that. Like, God is above all that. Mm-hmm. And so I just get excited from that perspective. Like, it, that's all, all of it comes from God. It's, it's about God, not about a place, I suppose. It's good. Good. So good. You guys catch that? Not as much about a time frame as it is much about knowing him, walking with him. It's good. All right, who else? Um, so I actually have something about a time frame. Okay, great. Yeah. So I, um, when we were reading it, it was like a timeline of like, okay, so God gave authority to Jesus and everyone who... Um, oh, sorry. Oh, no. Okay, so everyone that, like, everyone, so... God gave like Jesus authority over everyone, and everyone who's under that authority has been given eternal life. And the way to eternal life is by like knowing the only true God in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So it was like linear in that way of like order of operation. It's good, good, awesome. Okay, anyone else? You want you want to share? Let's pass the mic up front. Come on, Bridget. Are you nervous? Okay. <laughs> you were the note taker, right? I was. Okay. Um, so the word that kept coming to mind when I was reading it was um, just the word complete. Um, that there's complete knowledge and knowing who he is. There's um, a completion of all the work. So you're just surrounded by such fruitfulness around you. Um, you're completely surrounded by the presence of God. and You have complete confidence in who he is. Um, so just to stand um, without any doubt or any questions that you have. So good. Awesome. Completeness. All right. Great. Let's move to the next one. Ecclesiastes. You guys... killing it, girl. So good. Okay. Um, who wants to read it out loud? You want me to? Or Jenny can. That's great. Let me, can, can you back up, Jenny, and actually read from verse 1 down to 14? Oh, wow. The first part's going to be familiar, but I just thought it's good perspective. Get ready, everybody. It's long. Okay. Okay. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. Let's sing it. No, no, okay. A time to... (laughs) Go! A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. Time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. Time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. Time to search and a time to give up. A time to give and a time to throw away. Time to tear and a time to mend. Time to be silent and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. Time for war and a time for peace. What does the worker gain from his toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on men. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for men than to be happy and do good while they live. 
that everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it and nothing can be taken from him. From it, God does it so that men will revere him. That's good. Okay. Okay, so what did you guys get? Just shout it out. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think about it, since we've been on this earth, man has always been wondering why are we here. Mm-hmm. And that really stuck out to me. That's good. That's good. Okay, great. What else? The eternity of God's actions through his fourteen says, I perceive that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken away from it. Okay, did you guys get that? I say it again, sorry. Nathan, it's good. Um, verse 14 says, I perceived that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it, nor anything taken away from it. What really stood out was just the eternity of God's actions mm-hmm. and how what he does lasts for eternity. That's good. Okay. What else? Anyone else? I feel like it's like, don't even bother. Like, don't even bother trying to understand eternity. Like, mm-hmm. Just accept that God has given you beautiful things and enjoy them um, while you have them. Um, Sheridan has a note in her study Bible, and I'm going to share it because she won't. Um, (laughs) And um, it says, like, what does it say? Maybe Sheridan should read it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, It's like, as human beings, we have an awareness of something beyond ourselves, something bigger than we are. Pursuing this awareness can lead to a dissatisfaction with life. Though God said eternity in the teacher's heart, it led, and teacher's capital T, um, it led to frustration rather than to contentment since he could not fathom what God has done. Mm -hmm. So we can find, I think, greater contentment in just being like, this is awesome, and this is great, and I'm going to enjoy it, rather than try to, like, piece it apart and understand it, because I can't. That's good. That's good. Okay, great. Yeah, Aaron. And I think adding to that, he... Maggie, can you pass it to her? Yeah. Adding to that, he does that so we'll fear him. Like, that's the last part. Mm-hmm. If we understand God, then we're not... We don't fear him. We don't mm-hmm. revere him. Hmm. It's like the mystery that we can't control him yeah. causes us to respect and honor him. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, it's good. Okay. So let me make one note real quick here. And that's why I had Jenny read the first part. We probably all, most of us are familiar with that first part, but it's all about the temporal stuff. And, and you get, they get into the, the bulk of what they read, and it's more about the temporal things. Enjoy life. It's what you have. And then he goes, that hidden part, he goes, but God's put eternity in the hearts of men. And it's fascinating to me, and I think it's important maybe just to note, is that God's saying, enjoy, kind of like Maggie said, enjoy the life you have. Let's not try to strive for more. Let's just enjoy what we got because there's going to be a time when you're going to have it and a time you're not. Let's enjoy where we are. But let's do it out of worship to him. Why? Because God's put eternity in our hearts. And so there's a mystery that he invites us into to say, I want to know you because there's something about you I can't get on this planet. It kind of goes back to the first group, what you were saying. It's like we're, eternity is actually knowing him. And when we know him, all this planet stuff our feet are more grounded, but our heads are living in love. It's like we're living in the clouds in a sense of just like, I want to I walk with him. Okay? So life's about your job and your dog and your home and all the things that involve life, your car and everything else, and life's about so much more than that. 
okay? I don't think it's one or the other. I think it's like God's saying, enjoy what I've given you. Find me as your provider. But don't worry, if eternity's in your heart, discover who I really am. And that's found in the secret place. And I love what Marin said at the very end. It said, God's done this so we could fear him. And the word fear means respect, honor, cherish. It's like, yeah, you're in charge. And I'm not. And I'm really okay with that. Okay? That's what respect and fear. God, you're in charge and I trust you. And now he leans into us out of relationship. The perfect God who's been made perfect by his son. So we get to have relationship with him. So how do we live this life? We enjoy it with him. And we say, God, let me see who you really are. Because there's this, um, if you've ever been in moments where God heals a body or God heals a heart, God restores a relationship, you go, oh, this world's about so much more than these moments. Because eternity came to earth. It's like that kingdom come, it starts to transform. And that's what we're about here. Is God, we want you to do the impossible among us. That's eternity. Okay. All right. Let's do the last one. Isaiah 57, 14, 15. Who's going to read it? Come on, Stone. I can do it. Read it. Um, and it's, do you want to read it, Hunter? Oh, no. Patrick does. <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> and it shall be said, build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstruction from my people's way. For thus says the one who is high and lifted up, who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place and also with him who is of contrite and lowly spirit to revive the spirit of the lily and to revive the heart of the contrite. Hmm. So what does this have to do with eternity? It can be inhabited. What can? Eternity itself. Eternity itself is a, can be inhabited by the one. The one. God, the one. It doesn't specify in this verse. Okay. okay. <laughs> it's Fair good. enough. It's good. All right. What else? His name is holy. I guess it's inhabited by holy. Like by holiness. His yeah. Name is holy. Yeah. Okay. What else? I see a unification. Um, in verse 15, it says, I live in a high and holy place. This is the exalted one speaking but also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit. Mm-hmm. So there's a unification in eternity. It's good. It's good. One thing we were talking about is like mm-hmm. eternity comes down. So it's not like we are separated and we can't reach, you know, like God, but he actually like comes and meets us where we are. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like that repentance and like mm-hmm. we can take comfort in that, that eternity comes down. Yeah. It's good. Okay. Yeah. I would not have caught that. Um, I was just going to say the um, second half says, I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. Um, And I love how it's like we're currently living in eternity with Jesus. Like we are those who like have contrite and humble spirits. And he's like, as we're currently in eternity, he's like already you know, reviving our courage as we, like, mm. repent daily to him. And so we're, like, already in that with him, experiencing that. That's good. Okay. You getting this? This is rich. It's good. All right. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. And one that I, I liked was the, the first verse where it says, um, uh, build up and prepare the road and remove obstacles out of the way of my people. Mm. And 
uh, eternity is a place where um, the obstacles have been removed mm -hmm. and there's nothing that hinders us. There's no sin that entangles us or yeah. anything. It's good. It's just like free. It's good. So good. Just free. And I would go farther than that yeah. and say that. I would go farther than that, that Trinity has to be prepared for, and then that we have to physically remove those obstacles and prepare that road mm -hmm. in order to get there. That's good. Yep, yep, yep. Amen. Okay. Uh, did you want to say something, Jim? You look like you're reaching. Come on, you got something? When you get to be my age, <laughs> it's a little different than your age, and the eternity becomes just real security in your life and... Um, you know where you're going. You know what you know what it's all about, and so I don't I don't I don't think at your age you really probably unless maybe you've had one of those experiences where your life passes in front of you an accident or something. But uh, it's just such an assurance at at my age to know uh, there's a future and a hope. Come on, so good. Thank you. Jim, it's good. Thank you very much. You did great. You had like, hey to go, yes. Um, okay, you know what I love about what we just did? We can discover the truth of God together. I love what we just did is the Spirit of God is actually really good at teaching us when we ask Him. Okay, so I want to just point out one quick thought with this verse. I don't know what to do with this thing. Here, Drew will need it in a minute. Um, so, let me read this real quick to y'all, in case you missed this. So God's speaking here. It says, I live in a high and holy place. This is God, like, I'm I am eternity, I live, this is where I live, this is where I dwell. And he goes, but with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, he's like, I will live with you if you're contrite and lowly in spirit. What does that mean? What does contrite and lowly mean? Humble. Broken. Repentant. Yeah. When you go through hard things in life, I encourage you to embrace it and find God in it. That's a pathway to brokenness versus outrunning it. Okay? For, for me, two, two and a half weeks ago, we started, we were going to do some like remodeling and I was coordinating all this stuff that I had to do plus my normal responsibilities. And Jenny and I were talking one evening in the kitchen. Our girls were doing homework. And we were starting to talk like, the, the contractors were coming, and I'm coordinating all this, and I looked at Jenny, and all of a sudden, something hit me, and my heart started racing, and everything got cloudy, and I go, I'm not okay right now, and I have no idea what just hit me. And so for the last two weeks, off and on, I experienced these things that are related, I guess, to anxiety, and it's not familiar to me. But I just determined, like, my my heart starts racing, I start breathing fast, and then I'm like, okay, Lord, what's going on? And I determined two things. And so I hope if this is your journey, I want you to hear this. I determined I'm not going to get familiar with this place. There's a situation around it, and there's a temptation from the devil to destroy my life. I'm not going to get familiar and say, oh, it's just, I'm just an anxious person. I will not agree with that. Instead, I said, I, I said, Lord, what do I do right now when I feel this weight on my chest? Does anyone relate with this? It's horrible, and I'm not familiar with it, but it's been bad. But I just said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to be known. So I was like, every day or so many days, I'm like, Jenny, here's what's going on. Here's where my heart's at. 
And then I have a couple guys I walk closely with and I text them right away and I said, here's what's going on. I need you guys to pray. Please ask me. And we have a leadership team like, here's what's going on. I want you to know, okay? So I'm bringing people in. And I committed, I said, I am gonna find Jesus in this place, not on my own strength. And I'm gonna hopefully grow in self-awareness. And so every time this would hit me, it, that's what it felt like. Like, I don't, it just, like, oh, and, and, and I wanted to go inward or I wanted to run faster and harder. But instead I just said, Jesus, where are you right now? What do I do? And I waited because my tendency is to try to muscle through that pain. And every time I hear him whisper in the midst of this onslaught or whatever was going on, I held him whisper and he'd go, hey, turn this song on. Hey, get on your knees. Hey, reach out to Jenny and let her know something every time and it was different. And when I do that, rest settled in my soul so fast. It went away quickly. The few times I didn't stop and listen and I tried to go through it, it's like, run! And it just, you know, scary and overwhelming and terrible. But when I'd say, Lord, I want to find you in this place where I can't control. It's like, I want to get a hold of eternity in this moment because this is a temporary experience I'm having. And the other thing I committed is saying, I want to grow in self-awareness. Holy Spirit, teach me what's going on. I'm not going to, de- de- uh, what is it, decipher what's happening inside of me. I'm going to let him teach me. And in that, that season, um, so it's really gotten a ton better, thankfully. But for about a week and a half, it was really, really hard. And it'd come and go. And in that season, it was like there was this relational deal that was going on. that I was like, I just blew up a relationship. And that freaked me out. And there was this remodel thing and other responsibilities. And it's like the, all this stuff comes in. And so I remember going, and I, as it would pass, and I'd be like, okay, thank you, Lord. Here we go. We're okay. And I go, God, what's going on right now? And he'd bring to mind this thought that went through my mind beforehand. Like, these guys are remodeling or are doing this work on our house, and it's only up to me. No one else can help, and they're going to mess it all up. That thought goes through my mind, and I go, and I just hold on to it. And it created this anxiety in me. Or, you just blew up a relationship. Bad you. And it starts to hit me. Okay? I just offer that. Hopefully, it's helpful. There's my life. Because <laughs> I'm human. But I say that because I want to, as an example here, where, where it says, but uh, he says, I will live with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit. I was determined to say, God, I will embrace brokenness and I will find you in the middle of it and I'll be a different man on the other side of this. I have to be. I want to be better. I want to be transformed. I don't want to just never experience again. I want to be a different man. And I can't do it on my own. And he promises here, I will live with you in the humble and contrite place. And I love this part. He says, and I will revive the spirit of the lonely and I will revive the heart of the contrite. If we'll say, Lord, I have to know you and I can't control my world anymore. It's this eternity in your eyes. He says, I'm gonna live among you and I'm gonna revive you, okay? So if your life is kind of boring and dull or you experience these things, God wants to revive that place. But the doorway is brokenness. Jesus, I can't control my life. I surrender to you, and Lord, I lean into you. I want to know you better. If your life group's really dull, and you're like, this isn't fun, and you need the presence of God there, it's actually up to me and you. Because God will revive me as I lean into him, and when he does, I bring power and transformation into my environment I walk into. I'm no longer going to life group hoping someone gives me something. I'm going in to serve and to meet with God. Come on. Okay? If your family needs breakthrough, start with you. 
If my family needs breakthrough, I actually need to get on my knees and say, Lord, change me. And I don't have to be critical about my family anymore because he'll change them. If you come to church and you're having struggles and you're picking out all the problems and you realize if you really take assessment of some of the thoughts and they're critical about church, good news, it's just the body of Christ and we're all a mess. Because you're there and I'm there. And that makes it not perfect. Okay? But the King of Kings is there and we can love him. So there's no perfect church. We've been around the block for a few years, traveled the world. There's no perfect church. But if you find yourself critical about church, I'd encourage you to say, God, revive me, change me. And then you show up on a Sunday morning and you're like, man, I'm all in, God. They're no longer critiquing what's said up front and did the pastor fall? Did he say something? Did he stumble his words? You know, it's not critiquing what's being said. Instead, you're like, I'm in love with the king. I have a contrite and humble heart. And so I show up and I bring this revived state into another environment, and it changes everything. Start with me, God. I want to challenge you. If that's where you land and you're like critiquing things and critical, and you're like, I'm just an inical person. No, you're probably actually just critical. You need to be free. Sorry, and all love. Okay? If you find more thoughts about criticism instead of gratitude, let's get after it with Jesus because he promises to revive us and live with us. But it starts with me, not someone else changing. Not some other church changing, because there's no perfect church, I promise. There's no perfect pastor. There's no perfect anything. And sometimes we live so critical of these church environments, and it's really about me being changed and not about the other person changing. Okay, okay. there you go. Okay, um, we're going to turn a corner. In light of eternity, how do we live? So I just have three quick points, okay? You guys Good. Looking at the clock, we got the all. Come on, Drew, come here. So Drew is one, I asked him to share a real quick story. So Drew is one that I've, I've known this man for the last year, and Drew lives with eternity in his heart. And there's a part of his story that no one really knows in this room, and I wanted him to share it because I think it is helpful for all of us. Yeah, Scott gave me like five minutes to share like seven years of my life, so here we go. <laughs> five minutes and 53 seconds? Yeah. Right, here we go. Or four right. minutes, sorry. Uh, so, if you step back in time to 2015, I'm a wee little senior in college, um, excited to put my mechanical engineering degree to good use and make lots of money and love Jesus doing it, and it's going to be great, and that is my grid for life. And it's going to be awesome because I love Jesus and I'm going to love Jesus being an engineer. And that's great. And then college retreat comes around and the guest speaker says something in his sermon that makes me double think things. And suddenly next thing I know, the Lord's telling me to go to the discipleship school. It's like, great. No problem. We got a night school. I can do the night school. I can do jobs. This will be fine. No problem. No big deal. D school signups come around. No night school option. Day school only. So it's the option of do we wait till there's a night school or do we just do this thing and, and commit? And the Lord said to do it. Okay, we'll buckle up, we'll do it. Part-time engineering jobs? Yeah, they don't, they don't exist. Um, so we, I showed up to, to the discipleship school, unemployed, uh, found a job in retail. That job did not pay enough money. It was a rough year, it was a fun time. Uh, <laughs> highly recommend trusting Jesus. Uh, it was a good time. I'm not going to go into that right now. That's a whole other testimony in itself. <laughs> um, about halfway through my discipleship school year, Will Bostwick, good man, love him, uh, he comes up to me and says, hey, there's this internship thing with our overseas team. And 
they're really cool, I love them, I think you'd love them, you should think about this. And the way he said you should think about this was like, you should really think about this. Um, and when Will tells you to do that, you do that. Um, so I was like, great, I'm supposed to like be getting a job and like not going bankrupt and like not starving. So how is this gonna work? Cause this is an 11 month internship on the other side of the world. Um, and if I do that, there's no way I'm coming back to an engineering job. There's no way I come back two years after graduation with no experience and get a job. Like, if I do this, my options are shot. So I pray about it. And I pray about it some more. And about two months go by and I finally go like, okay, Lord, I'll do it. Um, so that's, that, was a, that was a hard surrender because I'm like, this is everything I'm expecting my life to look like is going on the altar right now and it's all getting lit up in fire. Mm -hmm. um, and I get on an airplane and I spend like two whole days flying to the other side of the world and I get there and I have no idea what's going to happen when I get home. I land there and I've got 11 months worth of plan and then nothing. Um, it's an awesome time over there. Crazy things happen. Lots of healings all kinds of stuff. You get really used to talking about like casting out demons and stuff. It's wild. Um, <laughs> so would recommend life overseas also. Um, but partway through that year, again, I'm, I have insomnia. So I'm up, it's like two in the morning and I'm like, I'm not sleeping. So I'm just going to spend time with Jesus. Cause I've, those are my options. I'm like, spend time with Jesus or continue to lie awake in my bed. So I'll spend, spend time with Jesus. And all of a sudden the Lord just goes, Hey, Drew, what are the desires of your heart? And I just go, I have no idea. I didn't know I could have those. Uh, turns out that's in the Bible. Um, if you delight in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. That's scripture. That's wild. Uh, so I sit there for the next couple hours, and I just start listing things in my journal, figuring out what are the desires of my heart. And that starts a whole other, like, another two-month process through which the Lord is starting to bring things up and stir things up in me. And he starts telling me that he has a plan to take me somewhere else overseas. And he, he gives me a destination. He's like, hey, you know that, that friend of yours that's starting a team that's going to go to Cambodia? Yeah, you're going to jump in with them and you're going to go to Cambodia. And I was like, that's wild. That's not an engineering job. <laughs> so... That's like, this is all just like happening in the secret place and like in my journal. And we're figuring that out and it's like, okay, I've got kind of a plan more or less worked out of what that's going to work like. And they were like work retail and like eat ramen for like a year and a half so I can pay off my loans. And then I'm going to do the church planning school and fundraising go. And it'll be great. And that was supposed to end at like the end of 2021. And yeah. Um, so... Come back, I have this wild vision of like, I'm gonna go join this Cambodia team. At this point, they hadn't even launched yet. Um, they launched like a year after that. Um, I actually came home and was able to get, through the grace of God, an actual engineering job and pay off my loans in less than a year. Come on. So like, that was awesome. Would recommend paying off your loans as quick <laughs> as possible. Um, but in that in that time, the Lord's just like, building out faith, like, hey, we're going to do this thing, and it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen, um, which is terrifying but exciting at the same time. Uh, and then 2020 happens, 
And well, we all know how that happened um, and how that went. And um, then this really cool girl showed up and then I got married and it was great. Um, and so now there's two of us on this journey going to Cambodia and it's like, this is wild and crazy. And this all started with little old senior in college, Drew, going like, yeah, sure, I guess I'll do the discipleship school. Uh, and it turned into something way bigger than I ever imagined. And like even already, the fruit that's come out of it is way bigger than anything that could have been. And the Lord is doing bigger things. Um, and, and he's gonna continue doing bigger things. And, and what's ahead of me is so much bigger than anything I ever dreamed of before. And, and as, I mean, even as I was like thinking about and, and how to share this testimony, the Lord was emphasizing to me that like this, like I am nobody special. Like I was literally just a senior in college. I would have been an engineer. I was an engineer for a year. Um, but I'm nobody special. This could be anybody's story. All I did was show up. Uh, and, and just I kept saying yes. And the Lord turned it into something so much bigger than me. Amen. It's good. Okay. Um, so I asked you to share that as we wrap up because Drew, God captured his heart and he said yes. He said yes to Jesus. He said yes to God. You're speaking. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to respond to you. And Drew, I know Drew, he lives in a community, and so he walks in a place of accountability and just people around him to help him walk through it. But Drew just keeps saying yes. I don't know if you caught that point, but it's like God didn't say, oh, now here's your eternal plan. He just said, hey, why don't you think about this? And Drew said, uh, and he also noticed, I don't know, Drew was like, it took two months, but I said yes, and that's okay, because we're going towards full obedience. <laughs> and that's where we're all on the journey, because God will ask us sometimes to do things that we don't understand, but because he's good and because we know him, we trust him. Because he is eternity. Because he has eternity in his heart and he's put it in ours, we can say yes to him. Okay. So um, what I want to do, I'm gonna roll, we'll roll this out there. I, if we had more time, I'd unpack this. But I just, this is good stuff. And my hope is that we leave tonight and we go, what is this thing about eternity? I want to know more, God. Please do. It's in scripture. It's hidden scriptures. You found with there's just three different verses, but that I, three different section of verses I pulled out. But it's not. It's it's hidden within his heart, within the word of God. But we can discover it and be changed. Okay. All right. So to wrap up, let's. Um, um, I just wanted to give another just snapshot of the heart of God here. Okay. Um, Genesis three, God, Adam and Eve in the garden. Adam and Eve sin. You might be familiar with the story. And it said that they, in, uh, this, is, this is Genesis 3, um, verse 4. They said they knew God would, uh, they ate the, sorry, I'm stumbling around here. Um, when they sinned, it says their eyes were opened and they were naked and they hid from God. Okay, verse 8. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the, of the garden. And the Lord God called to man. He said, where are you? He called that out. He said, Adam, where are you? He knew where they are. He's sovereign. He's eternity. But instead, he, he knew they're hiding and he knew they're scared. But he also said, I have to know you. It's this, John, eternity is knowing him. And I think that the call of God echoes through eternity. And our little blip on the timeline throughout eternity to say, I want to know you and I want you to know me. I want you to be free. I want you to live alive. 
The other side of this story is Revelations 22. This is the beginning of our little world. Revelations 22 is the other side. Verse 12, Jesus speaking, he says, Look, I'm coming soon and my reward is with me and I will give each person according to what they've done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I am eternity. And then he jumps down into verse 17. The spirit and the bride say, come. Let the ones who hear say, come. Let the ones who are thirsty, come. Let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life. In verse 20, Jesus' response, he who testifies to these things says, yes, I'm coming. So this is eternity. This is God of eternity. And he's speaking to the end, but he's also speaking to now. I think the word is for now too. Because our response is, is hidden right in the middle there. And it says, the spirit and the bride say, come. Is the response to God is, Lord, I have to know you more. And I just say, come, would you come near? Would you come near to the situation? Would you come near and break through here? It's like eternity come to my temporal perspective and help me be free. Break through in my family, break through in my situation but it's got to have to see you and from seeing you and walking with you. That's how we're changed, okay? So we're going to spend a little bit of time to wrap up worshiping the Lord. And um, what I want us to do, if you guys want to stand up, it'd be great. Thank you. What I want us to do is, if you're comfortable with this, is just start with this one phrase. This, when it says the spirit and the bride, it's like, if you know Jesus right now, the spirit of God lives inside of you. So he's echoing through eternity, come. He's calling through eternity, come, Lord, I want to know you. Come and rescue your bride at the end of time, but also right now, come, Lord. And we can, as the bride of Christ, say, come, Lord, as well, we want to know you. Okay, so as Brie prays, plays a little bit, I just want us to, to, if we could vocalize this together, if you're comfortable with that, just to say, come, Lord, whether it's out loud whether it's just in your heart, just say, come, Lord. Think about a situation where you need him to come and break through. Is it physical healing? Is it a situation in relationship? Is there something, financial, job, something temporal that's real that we just got to say, come in this place, Jesus? That's where we want to we start right now. Is it just say, come, Lord. We need your help. Okay? Okay, so is it, we about ready? Getting all set up. Okay, thank you, Lord. Um, so why don't we do that for a moment? Just Holy Spirit, would you um, would you put in our hearts a place where you want to come? Would you put in our hearts where you want to come? What do you want to do here, Lord? And as you as we wait and we just listen, if you, you may be comfortable with this moment, or maybe it's new to you, but what will probably happen is a situation will come to mind, or a person will come to mind. And in that picture in your mind, just say, come, Lord Jesus, here. Maybe you have physical needs. You're like, I just have been sick. I've been struggling. I'm hurting. And he is eternity, and he is healer. And in that place, if you can just look at that place and just say, come, Lord, there. Step into my world, eternity, and heal me here. Maybe you're longing for hope. You're needing hope. Maybe like my story about anxiety earlier, and you're like, yeah, I just am tired of mine too. And I'm no longer going to call it a friend. I want to be free. Maybe that's what it is for you. But if it is, I just want to say, come.
Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. So if you could, if you could do that, just in your own heart right now, we're just going to be quiet for just a moment. Just a moment. Picture that situation of that person. And then tell him. Invite him. That's really an invitation. Invite him. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Okay, I'm going to be quiet for a moment. I just want to invite you to do that yourself. as we talked about eternity. Um, just wondering if there's anyone tonight that would just say, hey, I, I actually don't know where I'm going when all this, this little world ends and my life ends. If you don't have an assurance, like Jim said, he's got an assurance of eternity. If you don't have that tonight, I just encourage you to grab someone next to you you came with or you came by yourself and just say hey I want to make sure I know this Jesus it's as simple as inviting him in ruling your life so please don't if that's you tonight please don't leave tonight without meeting him starting you on a journey of knowing this God of eternity secondly I want to do is if, if there's um just want to make some space for God to do what he wants to do. So I think even as we talk about eternity, if, if you're like, hey, there's something in my world that, that I'm just so fixated on the temporal, I just can't, I need a breakthrough here, basically. I just need something to change in this situation, whether it be internal, or whether it be a situation around you. If, if that's something that you're like, yeah, that's, that's me. I really am experiencing that. We'd love to pray for you. Not to embarrass you, but just we're community. We want to come around you and pray for you. So if that's someone, if that's you, you, can you raise your hand? We just love to get people around you to pray for you. Be bold. Okay, great. We got Luke over here. Okay, can some people grab just start praying for Luke? You guys mind just moving towards him and praying for him? It's great. Anyone else like Luke that just says, yeah, I just need this perspective of eternity more in my life, okay? Great, thank you. So a few more. So if you see someone's hand around you, just gather around and pray for them right now, okay? Just gather around and pray prayers of faith. Let them hear your words. If you want to share with them what that situation is, 
That's great, but pray prayers of faith. Like, Lord, let the breakthrough happen today. Let the eternity perspective overshadow the moment that experiencing. Okay. Just, we're going to take a couple minutes and just pray for them. Pray prayers of faith. Let them hear your voice, okay? breakthrough. Lord, we all agree, God, we all agree, breakthrough, eternal perspective, eternal intervention. Oh God, breakthrough, Lord, pray for them. Breakthrough, Lord, breakthrough. We need today to be the breakthrough that they need, Jesus. Thank you that you're God of hope. We trust you, Lord. We trust you, God. We trust you, Lord. You're worthy of praise. We trust you. Thank you, God. Trust you, God. All right, so if we could wrap up the prayers and you could, we can jump in and pray with them more a little minute. We want to do two more things real fast. One of them is the verse that's been going through my mind is, why so downcast, all my soul, put your hope in God. Why so downcast, oh, my soul, put your hope in God? I just wanted to check and see, is there anyone in here that's like, yeah, I, my, my soul feels downcast? And they just need an infusion of hope. If that's you, grab someone next to you as we worship. Grab someone next to you and ask for them to pray for you. Okay, let's not miss this moment. We need God's breakthrough. We need his help.